Hey, y'all, this is Vernon Reed from Living Color, and you're listening to Middle-Aged Metalheads. <clears throat> I'd say that 100% of music is political, okay? Um, that either music either supports the status quo or challenges the status quo. And so every artist is political. Now, Justin Bieber probably and Selena Gomez probably not self-identify as political artists, but their music, while often very entertaining and loved by their fan bases, is the bread and circuses of our times. You know, if you're not if you're not questioning authority, you're tacitly submitting to authority. Um, and that's not to say that I don't have a long list of booty-shaking jams on my iPod, and there's certainly a place for that, but I am also conscious of the fact that in my own work, that what you say and what you do matters. That that you you, you are a histor you are a historical agent, and that if you don't have your hands on the steering wheel, somebody else does. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Middle Age Metalheads. My name is Colin Bossler. I am here with Michael Stamps, David yep. Timoney, John yep. Harden, and oh. we are going to tackle, to me, a very annoying subject. I'm already annoyed. <laughs> I I I have I have I'm just bitter about this subject. But we're going to talk about politics. <laughs> in metal. We're going to talk about the historical context of things like politics, racism, social justice, and protest songs in the world of heavy metal, how we all have felt about them, what we've experienced with them, and, and our, our introduction. Michael, I'm going to ask if you start. I know you like the background. Uh, I'm going to hold my thoughts for a few minutes, uh, but just a little preview. I think it's all much bullshit, but please, Michael. Oh, okay. Just just throwing it into my lap that, that way. It's all so politics is all no bullshit. No, no I think the not yet, not yet. Okay, all right. You, you do you do the background, and I'll tell you why I think it's a whole bunch of crap. Okay, well that's 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 fine. This is why we have these sorts of conversations, and and this is uh, what we kind of hope people uh, enjoy or or, or find uh, enriching uh, about our you know not always on the same page uh you know sort of conversations um so heavy metal of course is notorious for not necessarily always being the most uh socially conscious form of music out there um you know and again i think this has a lot to do with uh, certain stereotypes, but then again, stereotypes are based on observation. Uh, a, a lot of heavy metal is lifestyle music, you know, nothing but a good time, you know, chicks, drinking, drugs, you know, the whole sort of like uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll sort of uh, ethos. But uh, you know, what, what we're hoping to, to dive into here today is especially in, in the context, context that we're in here as a, as a country. And we're talking to you here on uh, June 28th, uh, uh, well over a, a month since the, 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 the public murder of George Floyd on the streets of Minneapolis by uh, you know, people who were otherwise uh, hired to you know, serve and protect uh, people like George Floyd. Um, and which which is uh, launched uh, nationwide protests ever since, um, and, and 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 initiated a very long overdue conversation about racial injustice in the United States. Uh, not not 
like this is the first time we've had this conversation, uh, you know, thinking about racial injustice in the United States. But it seems like we're, we're at the point here uh, where coronavirus has really heightened people's uh, attention on, uh, you know, the, these much larger social ills. Um, so when, when we think about heavy metal, we, I guess we don't always seem to think of them as being sort of at the, uh, at the front line of, uh, you know, communicating messages related to social justice or, or just, just kind of promoting, you know, social consciousness. It, in some ways, it's a little bit may, maybe more apolitical and more, like I said, just uh, kind of lifestyle music. But I, I, we're, we're interested in looking at maybe some of the exceptions here tonight, uh, the, the bands, the songs, the videos, uh, the, the actual sort of like artists involved in heavy metal who have uh, maybe heightened uh, our awareness of uh, the unfairness of this world um, and, and caused us through their music or their, uh, their, their platform, their leadership to kind of, you know, uh, ca cause us to think about things in a, in a different way. Um, so I know we have like a pretty full uh, Google Doc here, um, but maybe, maybe we could just kind of like just start off with everybody just kind of sounding off on like their, their sort of like impressions of the topic and, and, and perhaps answering the question like, it is, is heavy metal socially conscious? And do you feel like it's had any sort of impact on how you... Uh, uh, see the world or how you think about other people. Uh, again, we're four white dudes. We're, we're like that demographic, right? We're like college educated white males. So we're, we're, we're in a lot of ways kind of maybe a little bit too predictable, but uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. I, I think we want to start with college just so that we can just kind of like get uh, the monkey out of the cage. <laughs> Colin, what, what's, get, get it out. Well, that, Who's well, on you, your lawn? Who's on your lawn? Well, just, you know, you actually, you had a nice segue there, Michael, because you just said, I, and I think that's the biggest problem with a lot of this for me. I think there are, first of all, equality, incredibly important. Justice, incredibly important. I, I, I can't debate the importance of having the conversations. I get frustrated by people that really have no right to have the conversations. You just brought up the four of us have lived lives that I, would consider to be uh, successful. I would consider all of us to have been have, you know, uh, happy and, and uh, adjusted into our environments. I, I, you could use the word privileged. I think that's been kept yeah. around a lot. And, and so to me, the four of us can have opinions, but how can we protest? How can we say this is fair or unfair when we don't live that? And I think unfortunately, a lot of music, a lot of artists, a lot of, of people want to jump in. And I think when I look back at the list of the songs that I was looking at, and, and I'm going to pick on Ozzy a little bit, Ozzy Osbourne doesn't give a shit about nuclear weapons. But we put on there, right? God, God, thank God for the bomb and all that. He doesn't give a damn about those things. I think that what happens is, as a society, we have an issue. And some of them, like you said, Michael, have been horribly um, the result have been, results have been horrible. It, it's had depths. Death has, has been a result for some, for some of these innocent people and, and some of these victims. 
And what happens is I think people look at that as a marketing ploy. You have to have, you got to get something out. You got to jump on that bandwagon. Go record a song about this. Go out there and, and get on the, on the inst- on Instagram and the Twitters and stuff and get out there and, and tell people how horrible this is. And I'm not saying we can't support them. I'm just saying you got to look at where you're, where you're coming from. And the vast majority of the metal songs and the vast majority of the things that I now look back on in my mid-50s, I, I just don't see those guys feeling that way. I see them saying, this is kind of cool to talk about, and it was something that was hot at the time, but I'm just not convinced that these guys really give a damn about a lot of these topics. I think some of them do. I think there's some real legitimate things. I'm going to bring up later Body Count and Cop Killer. I'm going to bring up uh, the Landlord song that uh, Living Color did. and some, I think there's some guys that have legitimate beefs that they brought out, but I think the majority of the, the bands we have on that list, I, it was something to talk about, but come on. Lemmy, Lemmy hates religion and Lemmy hates the government, but you know, Lemmy wasn't suffering. And Lemmy wasn't treated poorly by anybody. He, he made plenty of money and had, had plenty of opportunity to live his life. So to me, I think a lot of it is crap. Yeah, no, I think you you you... you bring up a very interesting and I think crucial you, sort of like uh, like a like a critical analysis point to, to deconstruct any kind of argument is, is to kind of show how what what seems true on the surface might actually not be at all true it might just be wow these things are trending let's let's just throw our support behind it and again, we, we think about this all the time when we see millionaires, you know, throw millions of dollars at particular causes, and we know it's a tax write-off. And again, I, I appreciate your cynicism, Colin, um, but I but I don't think I was always so cynical. I think you know when I when I was growing up and I was listening to metal, there were songs that that and and artists that uh, perhaps made me a much more considerate citizen. But we'll and we'll, we'll we'll get into that. But that's 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 a good place to start. Uh, David, what 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 you got? Uh, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, I'm not going to respond to Colin yet. Um, Racist. But I've got some. I got to laugh out of John. <laughs> I've got oh, some thoughts. <laughs> got some thoughts. Okay. Um, I've got some thoughts. I mean, I, a lot of people, and I think for our crowd, came to heavy metal out of some rebellion, but also out of some gathering around causes and some ideas, right? I came to heavy metal more so through the hardcore punk scene that kind of energized and drove, you know, as I got into playing. You're uh, frozen there. Uh, David, you're like, David, are you okay? Dick more and more. I think, I think. Am you, I frozen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you are. I think, I think Bubba. Do a take two on that, Dave. Bubba Fett we'll got you. Do a take two on that. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you, came, you came into heavy metal through hardcore. You're frozen again. Yeah, wow. And he was rebutting um, me. I, I was rebutting. Hold on. Are you? No. Am I unfrozen? You're, you're okay now. This is what I'm, I'm going to restart. I'm the host now? You, you are. Okay, so. You're I'll, the host. I'm going to restart and, join, and rejoin. Okay. okay. So in, in the meantime, uh, we'll, we'll, 
we'll cut this part and uh, we'll just say that. Uh, so, John, you just listened to what uh, what Colin had to say with regard to uh, and, and my response to in the sense that, you know, there, there, you could take a cynical point of view or, or you can kind of, uh, you know, take it with 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 the grain of salt. But wh where do you come in in terms of like the the political messaging that that is in heavy metal, if that is not a, you know, yeah, to, to, to be honest, I mean, I think there's two parts of it. I think one, I think Colin is right. I think some of the bands who are writing about certain issues really don't have a place to talk about those issues, except for the fact that they do have a platform. And yes, Ozzy may not care so much about this, but we'll get into some of the other bands that, that have, a, have a trend of doing uh, social commentary in their music, like Anthrax. Uh, just for that alone, I think it has a place. Like, a, you're never not going to have a form of art that isn't a commentary on what's going on in society. Whether you've lived that or not, uh, I, I think it doesn't hurt to bring up issues like that to the general public at large. Now, in terms of metal, we've talked about, Colin and I, at least a, a lot of the bands, like I lean much more towards the fun side of metal. I always have. Like I prefer the Skid Rows and the Death Leopards and, and those bands that, that aren't necessarily cornerstones of, of social commentary. I think my awakening, but uh, alongside with music, I think in the late 80s, I think alternative music started to inform my, my political opinions and, and leanings much more so than metal because a lot of the metal I listened to just didn't touch that stuff. Like you, if you're putting on Look What the Cat Dragged In, you're not taking much away from that in terms of a, of a political discussion. But I started listening to R.E.M. and I started listening to U2 and... I remember going to like the Amnesty International concert when I was 17 and starting to learn about that. And it wasn't, you know, back then it wasn't as easy as just clicking on the internet. Like, I'm going to learn about this this afternoon. Like right. you would have to go to something like that and be like, look, here's what's happening around the world. And you may not be seeing it in your privileged life in your in your small town of 20,000 people, but this shit's happening. And if it took Bruce Springsteen and Sting and Peter Gabriel to deliver that message, so be it. You know, we grew up in a town that was so small and it's like, you think back and like, there were, there were like very few even gay people at our high school. And there was or, still or such, people that were out. Well, there was just still such a stigma around it, like in the mid to late eighties. And For sure. you, you know, I started listening to bands like the Pet Shop Boys and bands like Erasure towards towards the end of the 80s and i think just listening to those bands and hearing them in interviews and seeing them and going to their concerts and seeing that there was a world outside of the world that i lived was beneficial to me like in their own way the pet shop boys are just as political as any other band just yeah. by being themselves same thing with something like erasure and and it normalized something that should have been normalized for me and without music, I wouldn't have had that. Yeah, that that that's that's a very good point because I, I think you know the, the the politics of our uh, of our celebrities are are, are the, the sorts of things that kind of you know it, it's kind of like that scene in uh, in Do the Right Thing where where Sal has all those 
photographs hanging up there of like the famous Italians. Um, and, and again, it's like how, how your culture is formed by, you know, the, the people who are talented because they sing, because they're, because they're actors or, or what have you. Uh, and, and again, the, the, then the point that, that's made by Mookie is like, where, or the other fellow bug-eyed guy is like, why don't you have any brothers in here? Like what? And, and again, you know, he, he makes a good point about how like music, celebrities, they, they do have this sort of like cultural uh, impact on us uh, so long as we are open to them. Uh, it, it, too often, maybe it's the reverse, though, John, right? where people are just like, no, I'm not going to get into that kind of music because I don't want to be associated with, you know, especially if you're coming from like, a, you know, a culture where you're like, you're a metalhead, where, you know, you have to be true to your school and, and, and almost, you know, monolithic in your taste. Uh, you know, if you and if you step outside that boundary, then you know, you're not, uh, you're not cool in the same way you, and, and you, and you could be stigmatized in a way that's, uh, you know, as we see throughout the eighties, you know, just, just kind of like, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're no longer as cool as, as we thought you were. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I, I think towards the end of that time when, when heavy metal was still really sort of the king of the mountain in terms of record sales and such like that rap was doing a much better yeah, absolutely. Uh, job of exploring political issues and not just of racism of everything uh, you yeah. know you have artists like public enemy that are coming out they're writing songs that matter and you read those lyrics and you start to learn things and i'm not sure that metal has explicitly ever done that uh as well yeah and, and and maybe and that's that i think that's what we're exploring here is the sort of inadequacy of metal um because i i think as david was saying and and he's back now like Hi, you know everybody. uh heavy metal what one of the major themes of heavy metal is the whole sort of you know rebellious we're not going to take it sort of attitude where we're the underdogs, uh, but if we're underdogs, we're underdogs in the way that Colin already described. Where, you know, all right, so we're 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 lower, uh, you know, middle class, uh, but we're we're not being you know murdered by the police. You know, you know, Johnny has his six string and hawk, but like he he's not being like you know shot in his home. Uh, with with a no knock warrant, he's just you know he's down on his luck. The union's been on strike, you know. Hold on, living on a prayer and shit like that. But uh, so so metal is maybe just kind of because of its audience too, uh, not really interested in like getting into a whole lot of. I, I guess what we would say like what rap does. Rap is sensation, especially eighties rap. Uh, you know, it, it's sensational, it's controversial, it's confrontational. It, you know, it, it is, um, as, as so many people have said, it's like, it is the word of the streets. It's the sort of like document of like what's going on and, and what people need to be paying attention to. Uh, whereas metal, if you're in the suburbs and you're listening to Poison and Whitesnake and Motley Crue, 
and you hear about the wild side, it's like, oh, that's uh, like a really interesting movie that I don't have to live in. Uh, but uh, that's that's the, you know some, how some of those narratives go. But David, you were you were going to tell us a little bit about uh, how you got into metal through uh, through hardcore. Yeah, I mean, I came from a, a like a punk and hardcore background. Like that was the attitude and and the the rebellious nature that I was drawn to initially. And as I got more interested in like, you know, the the virtuosity of the instrument, I was drawn towards metal because that, you know, it was like harder, faster, stronger, the whole nine, right? Guys playing really well. Six um, million dollar man. Yeah. And I didn't leave that behind. I didn't leave that attitude behind. I didn't leave that rebellious nature behind. Um, and I've always had a real love for the artists who maintained that rebellion. You know, I was very into hip hop. I'm still really into hip hop and the political and intense nature of hip hop, particularly in the, in the eighties and even in the late seventies, like I loved that. Um, and I was always looking for more of that, you know, my complaints through the, you know, through the nineties and two thousands, is that there was nobody really doing that anymore. You know, once Public Enemy kind of put out, you know, uh, Arma, was it Armageddon? That record came out after Fear of a Black Planet. Yeah. You know, they kind of didn't do a whole lot after that. I, you know, I wasn't really into the, the Armageddon record, but, um, you know, if you look at, I, I, I specifically look at somebody like Ice-T, you know, on the Iceberg record, he samples an entire spoken word by Jello Biafra. Yeah, it's Apocalypse. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he he samples the entire you know "Shut Up, Be Happy" speech, spoken word by Jello Biafra, lays it over top of Black Sabbath, and then that's the intro to the, to the to the record. And when people first heard Body Count, they don't realize that he was doing metal back in the eighties with body count, essentially there's like two metal songs on that record, you know, with a live band mm -hmm. um, and people were into it. And he has always been the kind of person that puts things like way up front. He's like super real. That's his thing. Um, and I've always appreciated that. You know, you think about the MC five, you think about Sly Stone, you think about those bands who kind of didn't have anything to lose so to speak and they were putting their beliefs and their ideas out there front and center and, and rap and hip-hop were doing that jazz a lot of the jazz cats were doing that um you know obviously the hardcore guys uh the entire discord family of of bands minor threat and folks like that um and you know you think about black flag like black flag doing what they did um henry rollins to the point where he was doing spoken word gigs speaking out a lot about a lot of things um then later forming the rollins band um that that the, i'm drawn to those things like i love that i love that now people are putting those things out there but i also i wasn't going to rebut colin we'll get deeper into this but i also think that there's another side to this and the other side to this is some folks build their audience through their music and once they've gathered their audience, they make their statements, right? So you see Napalm Death, and they're pretty political. 
But in between songs, they're really political, right? They're like, if you think that refugees don't belong in our country, then you should just get out of here because we don't like you. (laughs) Um, And I think that that's an important thing for people with a big audience and a big microphone to do as well. Is just like, I'm going to make the music I'm going to make because I'm an artist. But if you're going to come to my concerts, this is, you're going to listen to me talk and I'm going to hit on some of these points. And I think that that's critical, even if they're just up there playing songs about chicks and sex and running wild and doing what dudes and chicks do or whatever. I think it's important to allow artists to interpret the times, even if they're not part of the times, right? Like I don't need to be someone who was related you know the brother or mother or or neighbor of somebody murdered by the police to write a song about that to bring attention to it particularly if i'm an artist who's taking all of that in now i probably if somebody were doing it and they're making tons of money on it i'd probably be a critic as well (laughs) be like oh dude you just capitalized on this crap Um, right but i think that there's so 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 when the taylor swift single comes out about uh, all of this, then we'll know it's not really sincere. It's just a gambit. Well, but I mean, I don't think we. You should, know what? But she puts her money where her mouth is. That's also, the thing. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, she she will find something that she finds to be problematic, and she'll speak out against it, even if it puts her at risk with some of her fan base. I mean, I do admire her yeah, no, in that fact, as no, it, to it, some of the other pop acts like. The, but she knows the power of her voice. Right. But there's and, a difference between caring. We all care, right? Michael's got the well, Black Lives Matter behind him in the studio. We all care. I don't think and everybody cares, though. I, I think deep down inside that, that everybody has a part of them that understands right and wrong and understands good and bad and, and all that stuff, and they know what should and shouldn't happen. I'm not saying that I don't care, and I'm not saying that the people who write the music don't care. That's what, what I'm what, saying about you. What's that? <laughs> That's what John is saying about you. What what I'm saying, what I'm saying though, is, and you guys both brought up a great thing there to me, I guess what it is, is that I look at the legitimacy of how, of how it bothers you. If it bothers you as a human being and bothers you, if you want to write a song because it, because it's on your mind to your point, David, and, and you feel strongly about it. Totally cool. It's it's art. It's art. I appreciate you expressing that. Just like if you're going to paint a painting or, or sculpt a sculpture, but if you're doing it for the purposes of saying, I need to now be part of this movement and I need to now be in with this group, I struggle with that. I struggle yeah. with that lack of legitimacy. If I am a rap artist from the 80s, back to that, uh, the conversation that you guys are having, I totally agree. The rap artists in the 80s were absolutely fantastic because it was legit. Those, right. guys, weren't, those guys weren't marketing the success that they were going to have, they were marketing how they felt. They were getting it off their chest. If you have, and you're, you're Irish by descent, I'm sure David, you've got lots of bands in the Irish area um, that have, have lots of political things within their music. I'm sure that you could, you could probably quote to me albums you have of folks in Ireland that are expressing how they feel about some discontent in different areas. (laughs) Um, But my point is if you live it and you, and you're part of it and, and it is part of your culture and what you've experienced, I get it. 
if you if you don't have it in you and you just are like look at look at um hearing aid right or live eater things or we are the world come on you know when they were doing the we are the world somebody was calling everybody else you know uh bono is going to be in this video i think it'd be really good if you were in that video too oh yeah michael jackson's gonna be there too all right fine put me down i'm not saying they don't care i'm just saying it's not in that video well i okay (laughs) I said, no, I, off the top of my head, John, I couldn't think of who was in the video. So, so, but, but, but you, you too was at Live Aid, though. But I okay. think, I think the, that Bono's I think in. Uh, make, don't they know it's Christmas? All right, okay. I, yes. But I think it's important to bring that up. But I think it's also important at some level to you got to just leave like the divining of people's intentions to the side, right? Like if I if I were a promoter and I was like look, if Bob Geldof can pull this off in the eighties, we can pull this off in the two, you know, in the 21st century, we're going to do a concert. We're going to do this and we're going to raise money. And some complete doof, somebody nobody likes, but is super famous. Let's just say Justin Bieber. I, I, I say that with no judgment. I don't really know him or anything, but he's a big name. He calls up and wants to do it. And you go, well, if he shows up, we've like tripled our potential audience quadrupled our potential i I get the business part and somebody could probably be like he's just doing it for the blah 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 but the reality is if it's going to advance the cause if it's going to move the needle i don't know how much like i'm with you man i look at people and i'm like you're a freaking poser dude you're just here because bono's here (laughs) like you're just here because your manager said you need a thing just like politicians are showing up at events and they're like, I need, you know, a white guy, an Asian guy and a black guy and a choir. And I need to be wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. Like these calculated media spots. And some people look at that and they go, that's great. And other people look at that and they're like, that was freaking set up. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I think when it's, when it's moving the needle on things that are important to move the needle on, I think for us, for four white guys, you know, what can we do? Like I've got a couple thousand followers on Twitter. You know what I can do? I can like amplify the voices of people who don't have a couple thousand followers, or I can amplify the voices of people who maybe they'll catch on to somebody who I I'm somehow connected to and their voice will be heard by somebody who's bigger than me and can move that needle for it. Now, they don't need me, the 47-year-old white guy, to be like, hey, that's a good tweet, man. That's super cool. I think you're doing a great job. Like, nobody needs to hear my opinion about anything. No, but they don't. If I, they really don't. No. I mean, but, but, you, but, 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 you, but you make a good point, and I think it's the same way. And I, I think the, I, I think that, like, the, the common observation is, are, are you doing the right thing? And, and we, we, could, we could get into like the whole cynical business of like, you know, these the sort of like celebrity telethon, you know, or, or concerts and, and whatnot. And, or, and, and they've been going on ever since like Live Aid and whatnot. But, uh, and, and we know that they usually don't, the, the help or the money doesn't actually get to the people who need it. And it, it gives everybody like a good couple good strokes. And they're like, all right, then, now I can go back to like tending my garden. And that's, you know, a sort of like narcissistic way of, you know, uh, of, of just kind of like, ah, you know, 
considering that you've done your part, but maybe you didn't. And and again, I think, you know, to the the larger thing is what what can four white dudes, four white middle aged metalheads do? Well, you do what everybody else has been doing. It's like be a good ally, be anti racist, show solidarity. All lives matter. Eh, some lives are more imperiled than others. That's the point of Black Lives Matter. It, it's 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 the the point is like some people have it rougher historically than others and we we're, we're seeing that uh, again brought to our attention and and what what are we going to do about it i'm going to now sort of like flip the segue and and think about like well now that we're 50 or approaching 50 or calling you know approaching you know 60 what? Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, how about 55? All right, all right. <laughs> 55, um, 70. Yeah. You, know, you, you, yeah. you, you got the Santa Claus beard, so I'm thinking like, <laughs> yeah, you know, 70. But uh, uh, when, when we were growing up and we were listening to music, particularly heavy metal, what were what were some of the songs that kind of like got your attention and caused you to pause and think about the relationship between the music that you were listening to and 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 what what you knew was in the news or what what you knew was in society uh so, some of the major concerns so um that gives us an opportunity to talk about particular artists and songs so we could start alphabetically with david well, Colin, Colin, I just I don't really <laughs> know alphabet. Alphabetically backwards. He's all the, right. So 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 let, let's. We, we, so we got all our arguments and our a little bit of our beef out there. But let let's think of like when we were listening to some of these songs or some of these artists and thinking about them. Like, what kind of effect did 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 did, did it have on us at that time? We start with well, Colin. I I grew up in the seventies, so I was I was getting some of those nom vietnam songs um and and i i learned i will tell you that i thought the folk music back then i don't want to i don't want to contradict myself i'm sure not all of them cared but i thought that at least some of the messages seemed like i really like what it's worth for what it's worth excuse me from buffalo springfield that's that's one of my favorite songs, which is all about the protesting of the war and, and such. Um, that was a really important song for me because it, it really helped me to understand what what they were trying to get across with why with what people felt in terms of the the war and, and in terms of their protests. And in the eighties, the Cold War was a big deal. So you had the Cold War songs that came out all about the nuclear wars and all about Russia and, and the United States. Um, that, like those, uh, like those Aussie songs that you dissed. No, not those. <laughs> I mean, yes, they came out, but see, I just again, I, I, I can't, it, I can't. It becomes a trope to a certain point. It's just kind of like, hey, everybody else is doing some sort of nuclear Armageddon song, so let's do ours. Right. See, I think, I think, I feel differently about the folk songs because when I was growing up, they had the sit-ins, they had the, the, the demonstrations on the steps, they had the gas masks on, they had all the stuff you would see on the news. And I don't think the kids were doing that for any other reason than just to be that rebellious youth. And I think the music followed along with that. I think the whole Russia versus United States thing, like you just said, Michael, it became, it became more 
it just became I, I can't it's just it's a the fashion I think the fashion made money in the 80s and it became fashionable to make that money talking about it in the 70s they, they weren't making all that money off of those songs right. in my opinion same thing with the when you get into the, the rap the rap didn't make the money in the beginning because they didn't they weren't trying to make money they made money later when they all had careers but they were doing it for a different reason so to me the the Vietnam era the rap era the Rodney King situation and all that stuff that brought about a lot of those things I, I have that legitimate respect for the cold war um the the government part of this you know the 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 uh, the the whole uh early 90s uh, uh rebelliousness if you will or the whatever the um alternative style of music then i j i just don't know it doesn't it just doesn't sound like it's rooted in in, in feelings of true true feelings it sounds like it's just rooted to me and a lot more just this is something cool to talk about so i'm just going to tell you i'm i'm bothered by it okay all right well uh descending the alphabet to d for david timoney david what, what were some of the bands or artists that kind of like got you got you thinking about politics or social issues in a way that you know maybe uh, intensified your, your your feelings about particular causes well i mean we i grew up in a very musical household you know the the joke i i always I say is that you know i grew up listening to motown and bach right my mother was very into classical music uh, but she was the second oldest of 13 growing up in chester and they listened to a lot of the radio and that was a lot of motown um, you know, so I grew up listening to a lot of great music and there's a lot of, uh, passion and a lot of pain in some of those songs. Um, particularly when you get into like the seventies with, uh, you know, with the temptations songs like ball of confusion, things like that, like very, you know, I think Colin alluded to it a little bit talking about folk music, like very like metal attitudes in those tunes, you know what I mean? Like very much that rebellious nature that, you know, maybe the, the way the music is played and the volume at which the music is played isn't the same. But, you know, I remember when I was playing in a band and we were writing songs about, you know, war sucks. And like older folks in my family were like, I like the lyrics to this song, you know? And I think that that's in, you know, there's something about that that's in all of us, you know? And then when we were, you know, growing up in high school and listening to, you know, like I said, for me, it was, it was punk. It was, uh, you know, the Sex Pistols, you know, you know, Anarchy in the UK and God Save the Queen and, you know, growing up, you know, Irish and, you know, rebel songs and things like that. Like that attitude kind of is boiled in the bones of a lot of folks, you know, and I won't say, that I, you know, grew up one way or another, you know, I wouldn't sit and like bemoan the, you know, the childhood I had or anything like that. But, you know, the bands that I was drawn to, the bands that spoke to me were the ones that seemed to like not care about that audience, but to care about their message. And they would draw those people who appreciated the honesty of that. And I think that's a lot of what Colin is speaking to, you know, where they, they you know, we were playing gigs when I was in high school I remember one night we were playing at, playing a show and Fugazi was playing like across town and their thing was like, they only played gigs for five bucks a head. 
that was their thing. You know, if you wanted Fugazi to play your ship, to play your, lo- your location, you could charge five bucks at the door and that was it. We were playing a gig that people were paying like eight or 10 bucks at the door. And we were like, shoot, man, we should go see Fugazi because nobody's going to come see us. <laughs> um, and, you know, and we didn't, but, you know, it was, and we had made a good gig and all that stuff. But still, it was like, those guys are, you know, putting their money where their mouth is. You know, we're playing a show for people. And if you were to doubt where they're coming from, they're charging five bucks at the door. You know, when you go to a punk show and they're selling demos for five bucks and they're giving away stickers and they're selling shirts for eight bucks or 10 bucks, they're doing that to get their name out there, to advance their ideas. Um, A lot of times doing shows for free. That's, you know, that grassroots stuff is easier to trust and easier to kind of latch onto, or, you know, in Colin's case or John's case, probably too, you know, a lot of these people, like you meet these bands, you talk to these people. And, you know, I think about when you folks met Jeff Tate, you know, the only thing I know about Jeff Tate is what is pictures I saw of him. Right. And I thought he looked like a goofball and he comes across as arrogant and you guys were like, he was the nicest guy ever. And that changed my opinion of him. You know, that really changed how I thought about him, but you know, it's that knowing somebody who knows somebody like you, you know, you look at, you know, I look at Jeff Tate and I trust you guys and you guys say he's awesome. I'm like, that's all I need to know. I'm done. We're cool. You know? And when John, you know, when John says, look, Taylor Swift puts her money, money where her mouth is, you know, she puts out a single. Yeah. And you think, well, who's this chick putting a record out? But then they're like, Oh, you know, she gave all that money to a cause. Like she didn't even, you know, or she used her, her enormous voice to like make this. That was, that was still hypothetical. She hasn't quite done it yet, but we'll, well, we'll she see. listens in. So she's well, no, no, she, and, 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 and she, she does, she is outspoken and she is, um, Again, and I think that's what we sort of, again, the, the whole idea, even in the metaphor of like looking up, you know, that the, 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 we look up to these particular artists that we, we want to sort of like, we, we want to hearken unto their message and and look to them for, for insight and instruction uh, in, in a way sometimes, especially when we're so young that we, yeah. you know, then the world is so confusing and, and punk rock music, you know, was again, uh, the, the, the message was what drove it, not the art, not, not certainly not the musicianship because uh, the, the, that was, that was the whole sort of aesthetic was like, yeah, get, I mean, get I, the I message jumped, out. I jumped ship on a lot, on a lot of metal in, you know, in the nineties just because I felt like that was that message wasn't there. It was a lot of what Colin referred to is just like, just dudes making music. And yeah. that's cool and all, you, but there's only so much that you can take of that. Like I remember when, when I really got a handle on fishbone, I think the first time I heard them was in, uh, you know, they were in the bar scene in tape heads. And I was like, Oh, these guys are cool. Who's that? You know, like doing that, that um, slow train coming, I think from, from the yeah. truth and soul record mm-hmm. in, in, in the bar scene. Um, but it's like you check a band like that and you're like, oh, they're heavy and they're cool and they're making social statements. Yeah. And yeah. like you, you, you kind of click in there, you know, and it wasn't that like, it wasn't that like musical DNA that we have now where you're like, oh, if you like Fishbone, you should check out this band. But I remember, you know, I was into Fishbone. Somebody's like, oh, you should check out 24 seven spies. 
you know, in Faith No More's first record with, uh, you know, with Chuck Mosley. And all of a sudden, like the world opened up and there's dudes doing like really cool stuff. And um, a buddy of mine turned me on to the Black Rock Coalition that was founded or co-founded by Vernon Reed and a lot of cool bands out of that group. And I think they're still going. Um, but there was a great band in the Black Rock Coalition called The Good Guys. And they were just a freaking party band, but they had, you know, they were awesome. They had a good message. And I found myself for a long time um, in the 90s, particularly in college, hardly listening to any metal at all, but just really looking for bands that kind of perpetuated that attitude of rebellion and politics and, and, and justice in a way that I remember from the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. Oh, All right. Your thoughts? You've been kind of quiet lately. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I think, I think I said it sort of like in my intro. I didn't get a lot of political vibes from metal back in the day. And if I did, I didn't give it maybe as much thought as I could have. Uh, I would see a song like Indians or a song like Run to the Hills and know what it's about and, and, uh, sort of process it but not but just keep moving you know i i think uh you know when you're 16 and 17 i i think it's it's tough to uh to make a dent in in huge social social economic issues like it, it's uh especially back then uh in a small town and uh you know i i think as time went by i started to pay a bit more attention you started to see some albums like Operation Mind Crime that started to dig into various issues, be it religion or government. And, uh, you know, like, like Mike said, like, you know, when he first heard Operation Mind Crime and they're talking about political assassination and he's like, what? Like, what? you're going to do that? <laughs> you're going to kill the president? That's not, you can't do Burn that. Burn the White House down. <laughs> but yeah. then, you, you know, you, you start to, you start to dig into the, the story behind that album and you start to see, you know, yeah, there's, there's people who are feeling this way and, and who may, who probably should be feeling that way for, for what they have been, you know, feeling for so long. And, um, uh, I still think that that by and large, more so, my political opinions were formed by rap and alternative music. I, I, you know, we have a list here of of a bunch of metal. I, I think there wasn't wasn't like a true metal slash hard rock band to come along and really grab the reins of the flavor of like the '60s and '70s protest until like maybe Rage Against the Machine. Right. Yeah. Because and, those guys are are real about it. Like they they it was funny because like a couple of weeks ago, Tom Morello did something on on Twitter and some guy was like, you know what? I used to like Rage Against the Machine, but now that you've brought politics into this, I'm no longer a fan. And Tom Morello's response was like, what fucking song of Rage Against the Machine do you love that's not political? like <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like he was dude, like i'll take it out of the catalog yeah, <laughs> yeah. like like you're not listening to the records if 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 you're not getting something out of their music and i you know i think uh i i think those guys are definitely not not playing the card that colin was accusing a lot of the 80s bands that we like and talk about the first rage against the machine album is not thank god for the bombs 
It's 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 not uh, it's not Sting singing Russians in nineteen eighty six or whatever. It's like, a great song, but that's exactly my point, John. Thank yeah, you. It, it, it was it was jumping on a bandwagon of the time of you know the Red Scare and and uh, don't we all love our children? But you put on that first Rage Against the Machine album or any Rage Against the Machine album for that matter, and uh, it's yeah. fire. Like those yeah. guys, they 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 have something to say, and uh, I I love them. I think those albums are fucking great. I was really looking forward to seeing them this year. Before well, I, you know, John, I think before I think the that, Rona fucked everything up. I think that Indians is a great example. Who the hell gave a crap about the Indians before they heard that song? Right. And then after that song, people are like, "Dude, you know what that song's about?" And that's like. If you're old enough to know the lament of the Indian reservation from Paul Revere and the Raiders, you gave a crap about the Indians. Well, I, yeah, I, but I've I mean, seen yeah, Paul Revere and the Raiders live, but like a lot of that stuff, like I went I, years. I was like you've heard my story about this. I like I didn't that know. Came out. Yeah, I mean, I I don't listen to a whole lot of lyrics. You know what I mean? But it's like when I heard Indians, like it's no secret what it's about. It's got like the stereotypical little Indian ditty in the beginning. And the dude's got the hat with engine, you know, scribbled on it. And Joey Belladonna. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, there were people in Delco who prior to that song didn't give a rat's ass about the plight of the Indians and afterwards did. And sure, Anthrax is political and thoughtful in a lot of what they do. Hey, but, it's for Anthrax. But that was the day <laughs> that people also cared. They started yep. to also care about things. Uh, I mean, it was also a, a kind of a critical point in our, you know, in our cognitive development that we do also start to pay attention to things outside of our own bodies. Um, but I mean, I think that's a good point. I mean, I'll push back on Russians just for just to be an, an art, just to, to make an argument, because I still believe we have to let artists interpret the times. Sure. Even if they're profiteering, you know, I think it does it does make an important point. I mean, it does bring things to the forefront that need to be in the media. And I mean, come on, it's a good song. Uh, oh, and, and, and Sting is an Sting artist who, uh, right. who his entire career has stuck up for causes that he believes in, be it the right. rainforest or, yeah. like I said, yeah. I, you know, I saw Sting at that Amnesty concert and, you know, that was, that was a concert that was put on by big, acts at the time and it was because it was something they believed in and it was something that i learned about just by going to that show did i want to see springsteen uh, yes but i also got something out of it so remember those remember those sun city records and 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 concerts absolutely oh you don't play sun city by uh the uh stevie little 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 steven Steven. yeah ain't gonna play sun city yeah i mean that's another one of those things where it's like a song pops up and all of a sudden people are aware of something they were not clicked into that's right yeah and and again because it was a cause uh this was uh, related to the apartheid regime in south africa uh and artists banded together uh led by little steven And, and again it's like a great video and if you go on to uh there, there's an archival site where there's a really great documentary on like how the song was formed. It, it's like maybe an, an, an hour long. But I remember watching that video with Michael Monroe from uh, Hanoi Rocks. Uh, Run DMC was on it. Beastie Boys were on it. And again, it was like one of those things where it's like, 
what are these guys singing about? <laughs> right, oh, exactly. Because, because if you do, because if you're watching like, uh, shit, who's doing the news uh, back in the early Tom 80s? Brokaw. Tom Brokaw. <laughs> uh, you know, and it's just like or Ted Gobble. Ted, you know, yeah, you're you're not getting a whole lot of like news about what's going on in South Africa, but music will bring it to you. Uh, like, I think like, I think the struggle is is even though I th I think does it stick? Like yes, those things are are talked about at the time, and yes, they become popular and part of the conversation, maybe globally on some things. I mean, let, just this week I was watching Live Aid. I was watching old videos of Live Aid, and that was the biggest event that happened in the world that year, and. Ethiopia and the famine was was on everyone's radar, right? But 365 days later, was it? No, uh, not exactly, really. Exactly my point. That's exactly yeah. what no, I'm trying to no, say. It, no, it, if it, you it, stay true to your roots, then I get it. I understand again if you have that legitimacy. But if you're jumping on it for the moment, you're losing something. You're losing, and I think honestly, it takes away from the people that have the struggle. I think you're, you're taking away, Michael pointed out earlier, which I thought was really, because I won't get into a whole lot of conversations I've had, but my, my, one of the close family members that I have really pushes that all lives matter every time somebody says black lives matter. And I agree with what Michael said. I try to explain to them, that's not the purpose of what everybody's saying right now. It's about the struggle and it's about uh, the equality. But I think to Michael's point or, or John's point that you just made, for them, the struggle is real. The struggle is going to continue. It's not a benefit concert once that puts some money into, a, and into the coffers of a, of, a, of, a, of a charity at one point. It's how am I getting through my struggle as it continues? So if I'm going to have that same struggle, then my, my feelings are going to remain the same. If you want to bounce in and say, I got you, bro. Here's some money. Here's some things. And I do hear you. I do hear you, David. I get it. They're, they're communicating that, that cause. I appreciate that totally. Then they're going to bounce out. What, who's left holding the bag? The people who are struggling. The people yeah, who are still I, doing I, their thing. I, that to me I, is an issue. I get it. But it's, I, again, I say to a, to a thing like a live aid, we're going to make us, I mean, people still remember it. It's still on people's minds. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important. You're going to do that show and you go, we're going to make this the biggest concert of all time. We're going to get Led Zeppelin back together. We're going to be in two different continents. Black Sabbath we're, too. Yeah. And somebody says, Hey, so and so also, heard, uh, somebody Black, heard that Black Sabbath did play Sun City though too. So. <laughs> you know, somebody says, Oh, I heard, you know, Black Sabbath is, is, is going to be there, you know, so uh, Queen said they're going to be there too. And you're like, well, tell them no way because this is just going to be too big and Colin's going to have a problem with it later. <laughs> no, of course, you're going to take all comers, right? And, and the hope would be we find out years later that what, like what, like Bob Geldof made off with some of the money and some of the things didn't happen the way they went and they didn't actually do this. And it was like, you know, you know what? Let's just say, can we, can we assume that it was, it was, initiated with good intentions right and i'm not saying that that's a, that's not a, a pass but i i don't know how how far you can dig personally i love and I, i'm probably more on colin's side in much of this i love the guys and the gals and the folks who they their whole career is the freaking lone ranger you know the you know who i freaking love i'm not crazy about all his music 
but to this day, like Johnny Clegg, I mean, not to this day, cause he's, he's dead, but he, at, there was a time that he was a freaking outlaw. He was like a wanted man and he's on Letterman. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we, you know, we brought you in to do this. Thing. They're doing a little interview with him. And he is literally wanted in like several countries because of he's playing music with a mixed race band. If he like yeah. got caught walking around in South Africa, they would put him, they would have put him in jail at certain times. Yeah. So he's, and he's like a folk hero. He is legit. a freaking legit. Folk, legit folk hero. And there are people like that. And then there are people who can't, they, they just don't have it either in them or because of their life situation they would love to be that kind of rebel and they can't, you know what I mean? They just either don't have the wherewithal, they don't have the bravery or whatever. And all they can do is show up to a gig and play or all they can do is write a check. And, 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 and again, I, I'm not going to dispel these, these more cynical arguments uh, because I am inclined to believe them. Uh, mm -hmm. But perhaps when we, when we were younger, we were the, 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 simply being made aware of these issues was inspiring. Like you said, like that sort of like cognitive sort of like reality where you're just like, wow, there are other things going on outside of my suburban world uh, that I hadn't thought about before. And, and, and again, be, we're, we are, we're white males but we also went to college and perhaps the things that we got out of college and, and the people that we became are, are perhaps a, a, not necessarily a direct result. All the ingredients that, that go into the, to the mixture are, are valuable, but we didn't turn into like, you know, the sorts of dudes who drive around with stars and bars flags, you know, we're, we're, we're not like openly, actively racist homophobic you know transphobic assholes so i i, I want to think like that's you could like take all the piss you want out of like white males <laughs> and white privilege and shit but like i don't think i'm part of the problem but i but i also want to be part of the solution and i think in a lot of ways you know music has helped me be a better advocate a better ally and just we'll, we'll just start off with like as for anthrax you know and you get the, the you know the, like go back to the the song indians off of uh, uh among the living but it also includes the uh the homeless uh the homelessness track there like who dares wins so it's again, it's it, there are banned from you know the you know the, the, the streets of uh, of New York City, so they're 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 tapped into subject matter and and I know when I was a young college student going to uh, San Jose State, there were a lot of deranged homeless people who had been released from uh, Ronald Reagan's uh, uh, you know facilities. So you, you got to see in real time like a problem uh, that was politically related that actually affected people's lives. And it was something that I saw too. And it was like, oh, then I listened to the Anthrax song and it's like the, the, the two things work together and they, they made my uh, awareness of the situation 
perhaps a little bit more intense. Um, you know, and, and, and anthrax on there, certainly on the, the, the keep it in the family track off of, uh, what's that one called? Persistence of Time. Man, that is, besides being such a banger of a song, is one of the most sort of like grueling indictments of hatred. It's just like, it, it's one of those songs, like if you, if you can't listen to this sort of like anthemic, sort of like just complete sort of derision of what it means to be a somebody who's driven by hatred and racism it, you're just you're just not an anthrax fan you're just you're not getting it and i think when i when i first heard that song and I, to this day 30 plus years later it's like it still gives me the chills it's there's something about it that that tells me that um that i'm listening to music that is wholesome uh, if that's not the right word, uh, but it's it it it, it, it le leads me to believe that there is a sort of intellectual integrity at times with certain songs um, that make you feel like this this is this is empowering me in a way, making me aware of, of certain things uh, and, and keeping me on the right track. It's like it's like Woody Guthrie like wrote on his goddamn guitar. It's like this machine, his guitar kills fascists. It's like and that's that's back in the '30s. It's just like music can do that. Music can change people's minds. It can move hearts. Sometimes it's nothing but a good time. It's about you know you know all the other things about the lifestyle. But every once in a while, like War Pigs. Pretty clear where, uh, where, you know, where, where, where Black Sabbath comes down on, on war, uh, even if you weren't, you know, you know, young enough to remember what war they were uh, protesting. Yeah, I think it's important that that artists do what they do. You know, over the last several years, you've had artists tell politicians to stop using their music. You know what I mean? Paul like, Ryan, I, you are the machine we have <laughs> been raging against. You are canceled, bitch. You know, it's like when, uh, was it uh, Bruce Springsteen told, told uh, Chris Christie to stop using his music? Yeah. I think but that the, was the, my the, favorite the, one. The, the, the Rolling Stones are Petty. currently, the Rolling Stones are currently now suing, suing, Trump. suing Trump for like yep. getting his songs, getting their songs out of his rallies. But yeah. uh, that's that's something that's been ongoing for four years. So but I think Tom Morello nailed it. Like you know, it just get like you, we don't want you as a fan if you don't understand what's happening right now. Yeah. And you just always wanted somebody to say that. You wanted somebody to be like, you know what? Clearly, you don't understand what my music is about if you're playing it at your stupid freaking rallies. Go go to hell. Yeah, but they're, but, but they're playing it because they think it's popular enough to bring people in, which is the point that you were making, David. They want that pop. They want that. This will get this will get people to have interest in me. So, yeah. mis but that, that's straight up misappropriation. It's, it's just misappropriation, but the goal's the same, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, but this is this is music doing a lot of things. You know, it has. There's a lot of modalities when you're talking about music. You know, when somebody writes. You know, Ozzy, Ozzy gets together, they write War Pigs. You know, they wrote it for a reason. 
it gets popular and they play it all the time and you go, well, it just doesn't, it's lost its meaning or, or people don't get it or, or whatever it might be. It's like, well, it's kind of too late for it to, <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Like, it is what it is now, you know, you know but, but again, it's, they put it, on, won't, I, won't back down. It's like, Hey, that's going to be my rallying cry. I won't no, I, that, so, so just, just, Tom just, like, one, just, just no. one moment there, David. It's like, so like, we're going to scroll down to like, uh, uh, to, to Sacred Reich and uh, what, what the Surf Nicaragua was that the record? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, what song did they also cover on that record? Oh, War know. Pigs. <laughs> yeah. So it, and, and again, we know that uh, Faith the More also covered it, and it, again, besides being like a popular song, War does not end, and and again, I think that's. Some people, I mean, some people really think about these things. Some people are like, I really want to cover war pigs. And other people are like, you know. But some people are thinking of all the Sabbath songs that you could cover. It's like, if you're covering war pigs, you're making a statement about shit. Does music make a statement? Does it stick with kids? And does it stick with the, 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 you know, the middle-aged metalheads that they become? I, I think I think they do. I you think can't they do. Blame, you can't blame the music though for people mis misusing it. You know what I mean? Like when Kurt Cobain heard that that somebody like got raped while right. listening to Nirvana, he was just like, I mean, he reacted the way anybody would react. Like, you just you ruined me. You ruined my music. You ruined everything. But I don't think you know, that's you know, Polly is a song that's obviously very different than uh something like war pigs war pigs is pretty obvious like you know what 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 it's what it's describing and what it's condemning i kind of feel like i'd respect some of these guys more if they played songs like war pigs at their rallies (laughs) well time will tell time will tell advertising hey so there's there's so many other like great anti-war songs because because it's a funny thing, like uh, being a, being a college professor. Uh, let's see, uh, what, what the hell was going on? I don't know. I, I think something in my personality comes out, and you know, I, I make all these various references, and then students want to know, like, "Hey, Professor Stamps, but aren't there like really good songs that are like pro-war? Aren't there like pro-war songs?" It's like, no. That's his tell. When when he says people call him Professor Stamps, that's how you know he's lying. (laughs) That's that's they're like, hey, asshole, hey, you, you, hey, Hey, sir, hey, fucko, hey, hey, fucko. Uh, But uh, this way, sir, this way, Professor Stamps. But it's like, time for your medication. You know, uh, it's it's like they say, right? You know that. Music what is su- music is suffering made powerful, Colin Bosler. Thank and you. So, Who like, the heck you, said that? I don't know, Professor Stamps. Professor Stamps. God no, damn sir. it! I said it right now. You're listening to me right now, live. Welcome back to me, middle-aged metalheads. <laughs> but uh, again, like it was, it was really easy. I think you know, back in the '80s, to just be kind of <clears throat> paralyzed a little bit in terms of like. The, is the Cold War like still a thing? Is Russia really a threat? 
Um, and, and and again, it, it was it was the sort of like the the flavor of the decade in terms of like all of the you know the various films that that, that were presented that either like the post Vietnam ones or the ones that got into like uh, the Ruskies or Red Dawn and all that other bullshit. But uh, you know when when you listen to songs like Def Leppard's Dogs of War, you're like, oh, they're really down on war. That's cool. I'm I'm with them. Or when Dawkins sings, "Will the sun rise?" After some sort of nuclear Armageddon nuclear catastrophe, right? Yeah, and but but I was always listening to like White Wolf. You know, I know what the war will bring. It will bring <laughs> you to your knees and like, man, I, I have it just as like a as like a young teenager is like, wow, is this is this what's going on? Ozzy was talking about the killer of giants and thank God for the bomb. And like, yeah, Metallica was doing that early. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, with, that's what Five Fire Disposable Heroes, like, uh, you know, they. Uh... Five Fire with Fire is like about nuclear Armageddon. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it was something that like it made you think, it made you maybe when you, when you actually paid attention to politics, you, you, you came with that sort of like, hey, my metal. Uh, research my emotional metal research is saying like you know war is bad it's not good you know it's like the the, the conclusion the concluding verse of uh, Tesla's modern day cowboy you know it's like USA USSR you know with their six guns to their side you yeah. know it's I see the message say, written like... on the wall there's too like, much anger deep I tell, inside. I tell people what we were thinking of in, let's say, 1990, like freshman year of college. And, you know, the Gulf War was going down, like, right after we got into college. Yep. And, listen, I don't know – I'm not a historian by any stretch, right? That's not my world. I'm not that interested in it. But I remember very clearly being a freshman – coming home to the dorms, people gathered around the TV watching the news about the Gulf War. And somebody, and I don't know who it was because I was freaking 18 years old, people were talking about, they heard a rumor that they were going to reinstate the draft. And (laughs) that's what people were talking about. And people were like, it won't happen. They can't do that. But it's like, you know what? When you're 18 and a strapping young man and somebody talks about some rumor they heard about reinstating the draft – it doesn't matter if somebody knows that it can't happen because it's on your mind now. Yeah. And, and you're thinking, do I have bone spurs? Maybe <laughs> I do have bone spurs. Oh no, man. I was, I was too. 1990. I was great. Best healthiest I've ever been in my life. Shit. I'll send you now. But bone spurs <laughs> are a thing. You could possibly have them. No, I sure don't. But uh, you know, but the thing is, it's like, as an artist in 1990, let me tell you what was on my mind. <laughs> the freaking war, right? The freaking Gulf War. And I know people who enlisted at that time because they were like, that's what I should do. I was a jazz guitar player in college in 1990. And the last thing I wanted to do was have somebody cut my long, luxurious brown hair and send me to war. And 
those were the things that were on my mind. And I was in a band and we were writing songs about racism, the environment and war. You know what I mean? And you could be yeah. like, well, who's this skinny white kid writing about racism, the environment and war? Well, it was me because those were the things that were on the minds of me and the guys I was in a band with. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think we, we keep sort of like uh, tilting or listing a little bit toward the toward the 90s when we get into like a little more alternative terrain where we're perhaps we're not listening to a, to White Snake or Dawkins or even Guns N' Roses at that point with their some of us never with, listen to those bands with yes yes but we all <laughs> yeah, we all reach over and, and you missed that reach over we, and mute David real quick but we <laughs> but we but we all we all yeah, listen to my frozen how how about that Guns N' Roses song Civil War Did you guys remember that that yeah. made you think about shit. It wasn't about like uh, my Michelle or I Paradise City. Put on my blue hat and my gray hat. That was for for me. That was like an intensely powerful song. It's like, wow, this is like really getting into like my reading of the newspaper, uh, all the material that I'm 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 actually encountering in my college classes, and it's and it's intensely heavy metal. It was. You know, for me, it was one of those songs. You know, when it when it was when it was first released, it's like, man, this is an intelligent band that's going to be around for a long time. <laughs> but see, that to me but, is a, that to me is a storytelling song. It's it's a history song. It's not a it's not a it's no it's no not driven think... by politics song. It's a song about history. Like I I wrote down Sabaton when you talked about pro war. Not that they're for war, but Sabaton sings about war in every song they do. They talk about all the different wars that have happened in Africa and over right. in Asia. You know, you name. I mean, anything Panzer divisions to submarines to you know paratroopers. Everything <laughs> is pirates, starship troopers. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and that, they turned into a pirate band, right? I mean that's what, but the, but that the, to me is how is what they choose to talk about because that's just a fascinating topic that history right. is part of it. Um, so I'm totally cool yeah. with the stories. Ma I love Maiden story. does that on every record. Right, hey, right, yeah. exactly. That to me is not that's not politically driven. That's that's just cool storytelling. So I really like that part. No, it's, but it's, but, but C Civil War is a very much sort of like political song. Well, not anymore. Though nobody cares. Yeah, but I mean, well, well, nobody cares now because the song is thirty years old. But nobody cared then either. <laughs> oh, I cared. I cared. You cared about the Civil War back That's, in nineteen eighty five. It was no, 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 Civil no. War metal band. It was. Colin, you have you hit, listened to the song? It's not about the Civil War, dude. Okay. If you need a niche for your band, you're welcome. <laughs> I understand that it's about civil war. I get it. Not the one civil guitar war. player. What's so civil about war? One guitar player can dress up as a guitar. He, he says, I don't, I don't want no civil war. The power hungry and all the other bullshit and the human grocery store and ain't that fresh. There's some there's some genres of music where it's a it's a bigger conversation. Like he leans in for the effect. Yeah, right, sorry about that. Ain't that fresh? <laughs> Ain't that fresh, bitches? There's a bigger conversation about entertainment versus artistry, right? People talk about this all the time when they talk about rap and hip hop, where they say, "Oh, well, that guy is a, is a is an entertainer, 
this guy is an artist, right? They'd be like, well, Common is an artist. Public Enemy are artists. They're activists. This other guy, this other lady, they're entertainers. And it's like, you never, you don't really hear a lot of that conversation outside of, you know, I've never heard that conversation outside of rap, honestly. Um, but yeah. you could take and overlay that on, let's say, metal and be like, look, some of this, some of these bands, they're just like, look, I'm a musician. I don't have to deal with this crap. It's not the job. It's not like you get a you get a record deal, and they're like, so what's your cause? Like, no, you get a record deal, and your cause is selling records and fill and putting butts in seats. But some bands and banging either be- chicks, either because of who they are, or because of the the crowd they've gathered, they can, you know, wave their flag, so to speak. Um, and some bands are like, this is who I am. I will always wave my flag, and they get famous either because of it or in spite of it. Other bands, they get famous and they're like, great, well, now that we've sold out this arena, I'm going to tell these people what I think about politics right now. And it's like, great. Ted Nugent syndrome. That's the thing. But that's the thing these people should be doing with the voices they have. And now more than ever, right? Other people are going to be like, look, I'm not going to impose that on my audience. I don't care who they are. They love the music. And I get that. I kind of feel like at this point in our lives, it's a little bit irresponsible. Um, I don't know. I, you know, who am I to judge? You know, well, I, I ain't them. We'll see. We'll see. You know, the thing, the thing that I'm, I'm really interested too. It like we haven't really got into like the larger, sort of like background of like songs that have to do that are socially conscious whether they're anti-religion and anti-racist anti-government and whatnot because we know colin's gonna like uh uh hit hit the hay real soon yeah, but me too, uh, actually uh, put this on a playlist and force people to listen to it well for sure I, yeah I, I think it's worth it we definitely have a good group of songs here and i think the discussion has been made that a lot of it is worth it. I, I think there's definitely songs on this list and we'll post the list for everyone to listen to that, that definitely play into Colin's theory of jumping on a bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, but there's plenty, plenty not. And uh, that I think is, is worth giving a spin. Yeah. No, and, 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 and I always, I would always say like um, th- these particular songs usually end up just, they, they follow a trope. It's just kind of like, Hey, uh, let's do a song about war. Will it be a pro-war song or an anti-war song? It's it, it's like I told my students. It's usually going to be anti-war. It's usually going to be like the horrors of war. There's very very few songs, except for like the Star the Star Spangled Banner that are like pro-war, uh, but or, or or like Toby Keith. Sorry. I think nothing I, but a good time is actually about war. Uh, I, I think it's usually yeah, about the, the like, war on gonorrhea. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's about like uh, trying to make ends meet when he's trying to make his girl. But uh, anyhow, Kiss but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely put these songs together. Like I promised as a, a Spotify uh, playlist and because where we are, Corona, where we are in terms of the, the post-George Floyd uh, issue, 
uh, and, and, and all the other related cases that are now being uh, now garnering a lot more due attention, uh, you know, are, are going to be uppermost in people's minds. And, and I think maybe the question maybe Woody Guthrie would ask is like, where are the songs? It's like, where, where, where are the things that are like going to make people think about these things in a, in a more intense way? And I tell you, like, what, is it, what are the great American bands uh, of the past 20 years, the drive-by truckers, are, are like, what are the bands you look to in terms of like songs, uh, anthems about social justice? Uh, it, straight out of Alabama, they, again, they, they great musicians, great song uh, writers, uh, not metal, but they will, they will rock your world. And they, will, they will make you think. Uh, which I think is, I, I, th I think that's that's what I've always appreciated about music. I think it's ever ever since I like got into Rush, and whenever whenever I encountered that goddamn Rush song, "The Witch Hunt," motherfucker, that song, <laughs> that that song will like, that will punch you in the gut and it will haunt you, and it will make you think about how. Hatred and prejudice and fear walk hand in hand. And you don't want to be joining that party. You want to be perhaps, you know, working, uh, whether it's some sort of, uh, you know, concert or, or some sort of uh, telethon, but you definitely want to, like, be on the right side of history and you don't want to be that sort of douchebag that's a simple lesson right there anyhow all right wrap it up god damn it god bless you michael stamps and Dave, he, David, he could try god i admire you, you give us this exit this evening folks <laughs> this has been the exhaustive discussion not um, even close. No, not even close. Of politics and metal. Um, I think we could go on for days and for hours, but for God's sake, do something about something that's going on. For Michael Stamps, for John Harden, Colin Bosler, and myself, David Timoney, we're glad you stuck around. We want to hear from you on all the social media stuff. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and um, what's that other one the kids like? Uh, MySpace, TikTok, Instagram. <laughs> MySpace. That's the one. Not on MySpace, but uh, please check us out, and uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll send you nudes. Now get off my lawn, gross. <laughs> <laughs> get off Colin's lawn, and David, please don't send any nudes. But well, Sam Cook and Curtis Mayfield and later on James Brown, all they did is reflect the movement of the people trying to rebel against the, the, the atmosphere that was working against you know, black folks for hundreds of years. And although the paper said that black folks were free in 1865, it took 100 years for the country to recognize that, and that didn't come without a voice being heard and being screamed or sang. So freedom songs and protest songs came out of, of the black element when you the, the talking voice was stifled in many cases. And so they knew that they couldn't stop songs or they couldn't stop um, art or culture from getting around and being sticky to other people and other aspects of the human race. So freedom songs and protest songs 
played a heavy part from the 1850s on up, not just by black folks, by all kinds of folks. So, but the Freedom Songs um, by Curtis Mayfield, Sam Cooke, James Brown, Miriam Makeba in South Africa, uh, they shouted against the oppression of people. And um, in Public Enemy to, to this day, we write songs and we evolve in songs that, that answer to that, 